means we can all listen to the sunny side of sports. Great show, bro. This is sunny side of sports. Right here on the Voice of America. Voice of America. Sporty greetings to all our Voice of America listeners. This is VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. Welcome to the July 4th American Independence Day edition of the sunny side of sports. It's day three of the Africa Women's Cup of Nations football tournament in Morocco. In Monday's opening match in Rabat, defending champion Nigeria is playing South Africa. And that will be followed by a game between Burundi and Botswana, also in Rabat. A former goalkeeper for Nigeria's national men's team, Ida Peterside, says the Nigeria-South Africa encounter is a marquee matchup. The game between South Africa and Nigeria is always very tight. Things have changed over the years, and um, it's going to be a tough, very tough match. But I see Nigeria winning, you know, maybe with a very strong margin. It's going to be the best of the games, and uh, I think both teams, Nigeria and South Africa, will qualify from this group. The Africa Women's Cup of Nations tournament in Morocco is doubling as a qualifying competition for the 2023 Women's World Cup, which will be held in Australia and New Zealand. The top four African teams in Morocco will qualify for the World Cup, and two more African teams will advance to interconfederation playoffs with a shot at the World Cup. Ida Peterside believes Nigeria and South Africa will qualify for the Women's World Cup, along with Cameroon and Morocco. Cameroon is strong. Nigeria, you can't write off the host nation. And uh, Nigeria, Nigeria, Cameroon, Morocco, and South Africa, these are the teams that I think would qualify and get to the semifinals and eventually represent Africa at the World Cup. In Africa Women's Cup of Nations results on Sunday, Tunisia topped Togo 4-1, Senegal defeated Uganda 2-0, and Cameroon and Zambia played to a scoreless draw. Sabrina Aluzi scored two goals for the Tunisian ladies in their victory, and that makes Sabrina the early scoring leader in the tournament. Host Morocco kicked off the competition Saturday, with a 1-0 victory over Burkina Faso in Rabat. Gislane Chebak scored the tournament's first goal in the 29th minute off a set piece, setting off cheers at the Prince Moulay Abdallah Stadium in Rabat. Hi, my name is Ida Peterside, former Super Eagles goalkeeper, former Morocco Swallows goalkeeper. I want to say a special shout-out to the sunny side of sports. Thank you. Thank you, Ida. Prince Nesta joins us now with a big package of European club football news. Sporty greetings, Prince. Sporty greetings to you too, Sonny. England.
Spanish football of Ghanaian descent, Aidan Katia scored a hat-trick as Arsenal kicked off their pre-season with a 5-1 win against Ipswich Town in a friendly match played at London Colony. Belgian midfielder of Congolese descent, Albert Sambila Konga and US football of Nigerian descent, Folarin Balogun, also found the back of the net for the Guineas. Nigerian winger Sonia Loku scored Ipswich's consolation goal. Arsenal departs for a training camp in Germany on Monday and are scheduled to play a friendly match away to Nuremberg this Friday. The Gunners will also play three games in the United States as they continue to build up to the upcoming Premier League season. Meanwhile, Arsenal midfielder of Moroccan descent Matteo Guendouzi has joined Marseille for a reported $10 million after a successful loan spell with the French Giants. The 23-year-old played all games for Marseille last season and managed to secure a spot in the French national team. Just last week, Arsenal secured the services of American goalkeeper Matt Turner, who has long plied his trade in MLS with the New England Revolution. In his interview with Arsenal TV, the 28-year-old short stopper expressed his delight at signing for Arsenal. It has been a while coming, but it feels good to finally be here. Obviously, a lot of build-up. A lot of interviews, this and that, but uh, to be here and, and get ready to work uh, feels really, really great. The Arsenal fans are pretty active on, on the socials, you know. I could see it in the Instagram comments and stuff, which is really nice to, to feel welcome, you know, uh, to know that there's the support out there for the move and that people are excited to see me come. Uh, that, that, that feels really nice because I am really, really excited to be here. The good thing was I got to follow along the tail end of last season and, and watch every game Arsenal was playing and, and really feel like I was a part of it, which was interesting. The American international also gave insights on his love for Arsenal since his childhood days. So I grew up uh, in North Jersey. I didn't play football until I was uh, 14 years old. So okay. as soon as that came around, the World Cup came around in 2010, I really started getting into football. Uh, the U.S. had a, a great run in that tournament, some magical moments. My sisters both played for a youth team called the Arsenal growing up, so then it was just kind of like a natural connection there. Yeah. And, uh, and from there, I began to follow the team pretty closely, and, and so did the rest of my family. The, obviously, there was some, some fun years with, uh, like, Olivier Giroud bagging goals. Okay. Uh, he, was always, he was always fun to watch. My yeah. sister had a huge crush on him, so it was pretty oh, funny. Cool. Uh, no, just, just everyone, really, like, just from the start, or 2011, 2012, like, those teams, Per Mertesacker, Wojciech uh, Szczesny when he was here, it was just a, a fun team to watch, exciting. Uh, Alexis Sanchez, just a lot of uh, a lot of firing power and a lot of talent. So um, they're a good team to support. And then when I went to uni, you know, I went with a bunch of guys that were from England. Oh, so they come over, and they're all fans of different clubs. And so Saturday, Sunday mornings in the U.S. were always a good time for all of us to watch the Prem together. Turner, who is of Lithuanian descent, also expressed his desire to visit the Baltic state whenever he gets the chance. Yeah, I'm, I'm Lithuanian uh, by descent uh, through my great-grandparents, and I w was able to reinstate my citizenship there as well. So I have a, a dual passport between America and Lithuania. The whole process of reinstating the citizenship in America, you know, when uh, everyone sort of has a story about their background and their history, and uh, for me and my dad, we were able to sort of go on this journey. We didn't know a whole lot about his yeah. side of the family. And when we ended up finding some old paperwork and then just starting that journey of, of learning a little bit more about our heritage, and, and that was just an excellent sort of like bonding, and you, you sort of know a little bit more about who you are. And, and so I'm definitely looking forward to getting over to Lithuania because right after I got my citizenship, the world shut down. The six foot three shortstopper also shared details of his encounter with the U.S. soccer stars who have previously played or continued 
continue to feature in the English Premier League. Brad Friedel coached me uh, at the New England Revolution. He's oh. the one who gave me my debut in MLS, actually. So uh, I'm pretty close with him. Uh, I love Tim Howard. He was my probably my goalkeeping idol as I started getting a little bit older and, and appreciating it more and more. Also from New Jersey, like myself, uh, and always had a knack for performing well on big stages. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely a culture thing with the goalkeepers. I think it's something to do with the background yeah. of all different sports. Well, I'll call good friends with Christian Pulisic, um, so obviously over at Chelsea. Uh, and I'm, I'm tight with Brendan Aronson, too, who just signed up in Leeds as well. So okay. that's a little further away, I know. Uh, so Anthony Robinson at Fulham and, and Christian Pulisic at, at okay. Chelsea. I'm hoping that I'll, I'll get to spend some time with them and... and, and uh, create those relationships off the field as well. As to why he picked number 30 as his jersey number at Arsenal, Tennessee. Pretty, pretty simple. Uh, you know, there's my number in New England. It's a number that I developed a close connection to. Plus, I got uh, my missus a, a necklace that has number 30 on it, so now I don't have to buy a new one. Those American goalkeeper Matt Turner speaking to Arsenal TV shortly after joining Arsenal from MLS's New England Revolution. Egyptian talisman Mo Salah has signed a new long-term deal with Liverpool after long negotiations. The very old has scored 156 goals in 254 appearances and has since established himself as one of the most lethal players in the global stage. Salah is expected to receive a sizable salary reported to be in excess of $423,000 per week, which puts him at around $66 million over three years. In his first interview with Liverpool TV since signing a new contract, Salah expressed his confidence in winning more trophies at Anfield. Oh, I feel great, excited to, to win trophies with the club. Um, yeah, it's a happy day for everyone. Yeah, it takes time, I think, a little bit to renew, but just like now, uh, everything's done, so just we need to focus on next. Asked about his intentions to break Liverpool's goal-scoring record, the Egyptian, who currently sits in ninth place in the club's all-time top scorer list with 156 goals, said... Well, it's, uh, it's a great to, to see yourself like number nine, the top highest uh, goal scorer for the club. Especially when you do it for a short time, uh, it's something great. And it just like I think I said that many times before, the most important thing is to win trophies. But I think when you score goals and have the team to win games, that's also what brings trophies. So something I'm proud of. Salah also expressed optimism about partnering with new Liverpool signing Darwin Nunes to achieve more glory for the club. Well, I'm so excited. Uh, I want to play with him, with Darwin. Uh, he had a good season last season and he played good against us, home and away. Um, also, Sadio is leaving and I miss him. He had a great seasons with the club. Um, so I wish him all the best and I wish Darwin all the best also to, to score many goals for us. Salah's new contract was a welcome news for Liverpool manager Jurgen Klopp who in an interview with Liverpool's website said in the court, I have no doubt Mo's best years are still to come and that's saying something because the first five seasons here have been the stuff of legend. It's just great news. It makes me smile thinking about it. He stays with us for longer and it means we can achieve more together. End of quote. Tottenham have also signed Brazilian Benjamin Richarlison from Everton on a five-year deal believed to be around $72 million. The 25-year-old helped Everton avoid relegation last season by scoring 10 goals and providing five assists.
Richarlison also netted 43 goals in 135 league appearances for the Toffees after joining from Watford in 2018. Five-time Ballon d'Or winner Cristiano Ronaldo also wants Manchester United to let him leave the club in the event they receive an appropriate offer for him this summer. The 37-year-old who returned to Old Trafford from Juventus last summer was United's top scorer last season and third in the English Premier League. Everton have also announced the signing of centre-back James Tarkowski on a free transfer from Burnley, while Inter Milan have signed Armenian winger Henrik Mkhitaryan on a free transfer from Roma. The 33-year-old is Inter's fourth signing of the summer after Belgian striker of Congolese descent Romelu Lukaku returned from Chelsea. Cameroonian goalkeeper Andrea Onana signed from Ajax and Albanian midfielder Christian Aslani joined from Empoli. Reporting for the sunny side of sports and Prince Nestor. Thanks, Prince. On our special edition of Straight Talk Africa, South Sudan commemorates 11 years of independence. Has the promise of a new dawn for Africa's youngest nation been realized? We'll bring you in-depth analysis and reporting from the South Sudanese capital, Juba, as we discuss South Sudan, the road to democracy, on the next Straight Talk Africa, this Wednesday at 18.30 UTC. Now let's go to the Netherlands, where Kwabena Quicksilver Ofori caught up with a couple of professional footballers of Ghanaian descent over the weekend. Sporty greetings, Kwabena! Sporty greetings from the Netherlands, Sonny. Euro's football season is about to kick off this July and August with all COVID-19 restrictions lifted. And as part of preparations... Most clubs have intensified their preseason training with friendly matches to guarantee better position in the various competitions. In one of the lineups, preseason matches played at the weekend in Oldenzaar, a quiet city in the Netherlands. Ajax Amsterdam lost by two goals to five to Bundesliga two side SC Paderborn. The Germans, using their three attackers of Ghanaian descent, made no mistakes in scoring spectacular goals and were applauded by the Ajax fans after the match. The German Ghanaian Sailor Conte, born in Hamburg, 23-year-old Berliner Richmond Tachi and former Fortuna Düsseldorf attacker Kelvin Ofori skillfully inspired their team base for the massive victory. In a post-match flash interview, Kelvin Ofori of SC Paderborn expressed his readiness for the 2022-23 Bundesliga season. I think we really, we really worked hard. We came early for the preseason and we went on tour and we stayed together as a team and we really worked hard during the, the, the preseason this year. So I think it's going to be a good one, but we, we just wait to see what happens. Paderborn centre forward and former German under 20 international Richmond Tetchy in a post-match interview. I'm a young boy from Berlin who was starting like every kid to play football and I was going to make the so in the Berlin, which team did you play so far? I played for SC Charlottenburg, mm-hmm. then for Tennis Borussia, and after this I went to Wolfsburg. Mm-hmm. Then how is today's game? I think it was okay. Uh, it was a difficult game for us, but I think we win, and I think it's a good feeling for us to win this game today. 
do. How is your preparedness for the Bundesliga this season coming up? I think uh, we want to be better than last year. Mm-hmm. I think we have a good team to do this. That was German Ghanaian Richmond Tachi of SC Paderborn. For the Sunny Cyrus Post, Kobno for reporting from Ojinza in the Netherlands. Thanks, Kwabena. I'm Sunny Young in Washington, and you're listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. Follow the sunny side of sports on Facebook and Twitter. My Facebook address is facebook.com forward slash VOA Sunny. And my Twitter handle is at VOA Sunny Sports. Also, please note, we've moved our programs to VOAAfrica.com. There you'll find your favorite VOA TV and radio shows, including the sunny side of sports and a whole lot more. Find us on VOAAfrica.com. This is the voice of America. Washington, D.C. In African athletics, Favor Ashe will represent Nigeria in the men's 100 meters at next week's World Championships here in the USA. Iron Mike Mbonye asked the 20-year-old sprinter about winning his first Nigerian title at the recent trials in Benin City. Yeah, like... I feel good when I saw uh, the national title. So it's, it's my first time winning a national championship in Nigeria, so I was so happy and I was grateful to God. What has been the reaction since you won the 100 meters uh, race? There, I would say there are lots of people congratulating me. I've done a 97 win, but like I've done a 99 now. So I would say this is just the beginning, and I have a long way to go. I'm just I'm just trying to stay fit and ready to go again. Right. With this now, you've qualified for the World Athletics Championships in uh, Eugene, Oregon, USA. Uh, you've, have you also qualified for the Commonwealth Games? What are your expectations? Yeah, I've qualified for the World Championship and the Commonwealth Games. So the World Championship will be the first. So I would say, I don't want to, like I said, I want to, be, I want to stay ready so and go back to the America, train with my coach, work on what we need to work on and come back to Oregon in two to two weeks' time and one good. Are you aware of the challenges and the, the tasks ahead of you as you go? Because you're going to make some big names in your area of socialization. How are you going to cope? I would say I'm, I'm going to meet bears of bears from the, like, bears from all countries, America, Jamaica. So I would say I'm not in any, pre- I'm not under any pressure. I'm just going there to do my things, execute my ways, Make sure I break my PB, and if God have what He asks for me, I'll make it to the final. Something can come out from it. Well, while I wish you good luck in your endeavors, do you have any message for your numerous fans out there? People who also, there are some young Nigerians who want to be like Favor Ashe. Yeah, I would say they should just like the young ones doing sport, they should keep doing, they should keep grinding hard. And to my fans, they should expect much more from me. This is just the beginning. There's a, there's a long way for me to go. That's Favor Ashe, the Nigerian sprint champion at the 100 meters distance. And Favor spoke with Iron Mike Mbonye 
in Benin City, Nigeria. And yes, sunny side of sports listeners, you can say favor Ashe was in good favor in Benin City. Sporty greetings. This is favor Ashe, the Nigerian nightmare and under meter national champion. You are listening to the sunny side of sports on the voice of America. Thank you. Thank you, Favor. And thanks also to Iron Mike Mbonye for that interview. Hi, this is Larry London, the host of BOA's Border Crossings, where we feature music and interviews along with your favorite artists from around the world. Tune in and interact live with us here in Washington, D.C. Hello, Shirin. Hello, Larry. How are you? Good. How are you tonight? Border Crossings comes to you Monday through Friday at 1500 UTC GMT. Thanks, Larry. That's Larry London, a man who's always ready to cross musical borders. Turning to tennis, the Tunisian Anz Jabur is through to the quarterfinals at the prestigious Wimbledon tournament. The third-seeded Jabur defeated the Belgian Elise Mertens on Sunday 7-6 and 6-4 in the Wimbledon quarterfinals on Tuesday. Anz Jabur will play Marie Buskova of the Czech Republic. Now Jabur is trying to make history at Wimbledon and become the first African player to win a Grand Slam singles title. Um, it will mean a lot for me, for, for my family, for my country. And, uh, you know, just to, to keep proving what I want to prove, you know, uh, since, since ever that nothing is impossible. And if you put something in your mind, you, wanna, you can achieve it. With her achievements at Wimbledon, Anz Jabur is gaining support in Tunisia and throughout Africa. Yeah, everybody is following me, uh, uh, expecting me to, to do better and, and better. Uh, I, I hope I, uh, I continue uh, being, you know, that person that uh, gives them what, what they're expecting for. And uh, I'm just trying my best, you know, to, to break records, to, to really open the path for the next generation. And in terms of opening a path for the next generation, last year, Anz Jabur became the first Arab woman to win a Women's Tennis Association title when she lifted the trophy in Birmingham, England. Yeah, I think that title uh, op- opened a great path for me. Uh, I was waiting for that one for a long time. Uh, I knew I can always play good on grass uh, and, you know, any other surface, to be honest with you. Um, just like uh, the wait was over, like uh, I wanted to be a top 10 player and then I achieved that. Uh, I wanted to win more titles and, it, and it's still coming, you know, just... Um, it's like something, some goals, like it's, it, it keeps coming up. And uh, I try to, uh, to check the list, you know, every time. In checking her list and checking off more victories... Anz Jabur credits her coach, Isam Jalali. For sure, there is so many reasons. Uh, one of them may be with my style of game, adapting to the to the uh, pro tour. Is, it's tough, you know, um, having maybe a lot of uh, choices uh, tactically, you know, it, it's tough. Uh, believing more in my game was a little bit tough at the beginning because I couldn't find, you know, the... Um, the the coach that could push me to and and believing more in my game 
same, you know, always something is wrong or they don't want me to do this or that. Um, then, you know, I, I surrounded myself by great people, uh, coaches who, who always believed in me. Uh, my family always pushed me and, you know, just um, uh, you keep failing and then you rise at some point. That's Tunisian tennis star Anz Jabur, the 27-year-old Jabur will play Marie Buskova of the Czech Republic on Tuesday in the women's singles quarterfinals at Wimbledon. Hello, this is Heather Maxwell, host of Music Time in Africa. Join me every Saturday and Sunday for an hour of awesome African music. Like to stay on top of new music trends? Breakout artists? New releases? Maybe you just love the classic styles and artists of the past. Or simply the sound and feel of a good beat. Whatever your pleasure, you can get it every week right here on Music Time in Africa. So join me on your local FM station, Saturdays and Sundays at 1500 and 2000 UTC. VOA brings you the best in African music on the African beat. African beat showcases the latest and the greatest of contemporary African music from bubu music to hip life, bonga flavor to sukus, afrobeat to ndombolo and makosa to kwaito. The African beat on VOA has it all. And it's happening right here, Mondays through Fridays at 09.05 and 20.05 UTC right after the international news. Thanks, David. That's David Vandy, the host of the VOA's African beat music show on the professional golf beat american jt poston has lifted the trophy at the john deere classic tournament george mcneely reports from silvis illinois the postman wins twice on the pga tour this time in the quad cities at the 51st john deere classic been playing some great golf last few weeks and really going back to april i felt pretty good about my game so um, I felt like this was what this was coming, and it's nice to get it done here at the John Deere, where um, it's just a, a great spot. JT, first player to win wire to wire here in three decades. Have you thought about that? Is it sunk in? I don't know if it's really sunk in, um, but I just know it's not easy to go on wire to wire. Um, I've heard of other guys doing it at other events, and uh, you see it happen every once in a while, but. They always seem to make it look easier than it actually is, I feel like. It was it was tough. I mean, especially today coming out, um, you're just trying to you're trying to play solid golf and trying to hold on and build that lead as much as you can coming down the stretch so it's not as stressful, but it's just tough to do. You wore it so well after every round this week. How did you keep it all composed? Just trying to draw off of, of past experience at tournaments um i knew i'd won out here before and so i tried to think back uh to the windham and even even winning in college where um you know you try and try and draw on some of those those memories of of hitting the right shots when it counts and um just focusing on that and trying not to focus too much on on the leaderboard or getting defensive
JT Poston with a three-shot victory and a nearly $1.3 million payday. This is the first time I've really played well here. Um, I've made a couple cuts, but haven't really put four good rounds together. But it always seems like um, I've been received pretty well with, uh, with the fans and, and the community. So I love coming back. Um, I love being here in the Quad Cities. I think it's a, it's a great area, and uh, everybody does such a great job with the tournament, and I can't wait to be back. Poston's 21 under par performance was three shots better than runners-up Emiliano Grillo of Argentina and South African Christian Behazenhout. All three earned berths in the 150th Open Championship at St. Andrews based on this week's efforts at TPC Deer Run. First-year tournament director Andrew Lehman and I sat down for his assessment of 2022 at TPC Deer Run. It's been a great week. Obviously, Mother Nature's got a lot to do with that. Once again, a testament to the Quad City community coming out here and supporting this event. Uh, it's fun to watch all the people out here uh, with, with all the different things from Youth Day on Wednesday to Championship Sunday and, and see all the smiles and families having fun. Andrew Lehman, hand-picked successor of Claire Peterson, one of the best tournament directors the PGA Tour has ever seen. He chose to move over to a senior advisory and player relations role and empower the award-winning team that he built to keep running. And as we all know, nothing runs like a deer. From TPC Deer Run and the 51st John Deere Classic, I'm George McNeely in Silvis, Illinois. Thanks, George. I really enjoyed your reporting from the John Deere Classic in Silvis, Illinois. George, I think you might say you hit a hole in one. Wraps up the American Independence Day edition of the show. Thank you for tuning in. I get it. I'm VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. And that's the sunny side of sports.